Hello. Welcome to episode six yeah. of Our Weird Life. My name's Jodie. And my name's Jack. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for the return visit. If it is your return visit. I hope so. If it's your first time, we're a couple in Japan. Yeah. Married. Happy. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard <laughs> for this joyous ride. Yeah. Uh, we basically just talk whatever we're thinking, um, whatever's happened to us in the week. And yeah, I feel like we don't have a normal life. People always say to us like that we're a bit strange. <laughs> <laughs> You're really selling this here, Joe. <laughs> well, I think that's good. People are attracted to strange and wonderful, weird and wonderful things, aren't they? I agree. I agree. I just mean that, like, we don't do things conventionally. As, no, absolutely. As I'm doing air quotations when I say normal. Yeah. Um, we're not necessarily weird. <laughs> but we, people are like, oh, that's unusual. Like, my wedding dress was like a lilac colour. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, unusual. it definitely was against the... Grain. Against the grain. A little bit, a little bit. It's good to be against the grain anyway. You don't want to follow the grain. That's boring. Yeah. We got engaged and then we got married seven weeks later. Yeah. Who does that? <laughs> and then we... And then what you, kind of weirdo does that? <laughs> and then we moved to Japan a week after that. Yep. Well, you did. And then I followed you, like, after I got my visa. When I think back to it now, after. I just can't even believe it's... Um, that was a thing and it happened. And the weirder part is that our heads did not fall off. Strangely, we stayed pretty grounded i think you know the reason for that i'm a pretty indecisive person i would say it's my least favorite quality about myself least favorite (laughs) my what do you say something i don't like yeah that's it see i can't even decide on the word i want to (laughs) say i'm very indecisive anyway with only having seven weeks to plan a wedding Mm. i'm sorry love but you gotta pick like you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, you don't... You know, if you have, like, three years, you've yeah. got all the time in the world to pick anything and everything, but you didn't have that luxury. Mm. I ordered my wedding dress a week before my wedding, and it was from Australia. Mental. How I, much panic did you feel? Well, it came, and it was too small, because the one I tried in the shop... I don't know if I told you this. The one I tried in the shop um, had stretched over time uh-huh. because so many girls had tried it on. And the lady said that to me, but I didn't know like how much it had stretched. So I just ordered it in that size because it looked good. But when it came, it was, oh, it was way, way too tight. It just, it just kind of didn't look good. So I told them about that and then they reordered it for me. Tuesday, I think it came. So that was, uh, <laughs> was it three, day, three days before we were getting married and yeah. your dress arrived and it wasn't right. It wasn't right. What a nightmare. No, I think it arrived the Friday before, the week before. Okay, so you had a week before the actual wedding. and I told that I cried about it all day on Saturday, obviously, as you do. And then um, I told them about it and they they sent it straight away for the Tuesday. And luckily they trusted me enough with two dresses and trusted that I was going to send the other one back because it wouldn't have got, got back to them. That's true. You could have made a killing, couldn't you, on that the one, the other one that you had? Yeah, and they were like, "If there's anything on it, we're not refunding you, and we charge for both both addresses." Can you imagine if you accidentally spilled coffee or tea or something on the anything on the original? Yeah. Well, it would have been worse probably on the actual one that you had. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, they're very trusting to let you do that. I know. So yeah, my advice and our advice, I think you would agree. Mm. Don't. Take ages to plan your wedding. The sooner you can do it uh, after you're engaged, mm. go for it. Because why drag out all that stress over two, three years when you can just have it all squashed into a small amount of time? Yeah. And the other thing as well, which we experienced, was your expectations are relative to the amount of time that you have to prepare. Yeah. So because we had seven weeks, yeah, our expectations were, well... If some things go wrong, mm-hmm. if there's a mistake here and there, that's okay because we've only had a certain amount of time to prepare it. Yeah. And ironically, there were almost no mistakes. No. Hardly and anything went wrong. No. And and everybody was 
even more helpful, I would say, because they knew the situation. Well, yeah, I mean, they can relate to it more, can't they? They're like, well, if, you know, everyone's more laid back, we mm. didn't have a seating arrangement or a, a meal plan or anything, that kind oh, of thing. It was brilliant. It was... We had a barbecue. It was fantastic. Yeah, and it was everyone so hot was just really day. relaxed and there was no dress yeah. code as such no. after the church. I mean, even there, people, you know, they came in what they had, didn't they? Yeah. Because it was very last minute. And it was and a Friday and so many people booked that off last Probably minute. the best day uh, for weather hot... in the year, hottest it day. It was, yeah. It yeah. was the hottest day of the year. So, absolutely, just go for it. But, saying that, we were, we have been, no, we were together eight years before mm. you proposed. Yeah. And then, so we were pretty set on wanting to get married at that point. Yeah, I Whereas think our, our move to Japan was like an incentive for us to be able to celebrate with our family before we went to the other side of the world. That was a Yeah, thing but I know. mean like, you know, if you've been together like a couple of years, mm. you might want like two years to plan your wedding. But we'd been together so long, it was like, oh, we want to get married now, let's get married this year, True. if we can. Yeah, but it worked out all for the best. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are, so... That whole thing was for what? Why did I even say that? Oh, that we don't do things com- conventionally, exactly. Yeah, we definitely don't live by the, the norm, do we? The rules. But it's fine. It's much yeah. more interesting and, ex- and funny and exciting. Yeah. And then people do this. Oh, that's so Jodie and Jack. <laughs> oh, that's so them. Yeah, yeah. but they're just different. Yeah, but they would do that. Yeah. That's and then you just get away with everything. Yeah. <laughs> do what you like. <laughs> so just like, so, oh, well. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm off to space next week. Oh, yeah, really? That's pretty normal for you guys, isn't it? We think we're normal. It's we're everyone weird. else. <laughs> I'm joking. You weirdos. I'm joking. I mean, you've got to be a weirdo to be listening to this podcast in the first place. Isn't that the point? I don't think it's that weird. No, it's, it's not. It's just, it's important to uh, just go with things, not be so constrained by... What you feel like you should do, just do it. If you want to do it, do it. I think that's how we enjoy life, but mm. some people might not enjoy that. Some people prefer structure, don't they? Yeah. Whereas, or not having a structure makes them feel very uncomfortable, but mm. I think we feel a bit bound and we get aggravated by too much, you know, rigid, by straight lines, Yeah. really. I do and I don't because I think I've realised as I've got older... Mm. Um, I actually work quite well to a time like, oh, I'm, I'm doing something at this time that, you know, I'm, it's not, I don't have to answer to myself. It's somebody else's thing. So I have to do all my tasks within this time. And I do work a lot faster than if I've got the whole day, let's say, for example. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you do. I like it to an extent. You have to have some structure, or so you'd just be a, like a blathering mess. You do, you wouldn't get anything done. Um, and sometimes, as we've spoken about previously, having too much choice is almost just as bad as having no choice. But I think we just like the idea of freedom, the concept of it. You know. Yeah. That's nice to know that you can just do what you want. And, yeah. And you'll be happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, how's it going anyway? You all right? I'm great, yeah, I feel very good today. I feel, what the hell was that? A weird clickety-clackety sound. (laughs) (laughs) I don't look good today. Well, you do. Okay, Jack would say that because, you know, he's married to me. You look lovely. (laughs) I don't. I look like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards in the heat because it is so hot today. I don't want to talk about the weather again, but it's like 37 (laughs) degrees today, guys. Celsius. Anyway, <laughs> I don't look great today, but I feel great. Like, I've been very productive. I've eaten well. I've been nonstop doing stuff. So I feel I feel good. Um, but then I... <laughs> do you ever do that thing where you walk past the mirror and you're like, Good God, woman! <laughs> Who is that in the mirror? <laughs> Get yourself together. <laughs> and um, it's not that I'm... You know, I don't feel like I've dressed inappropriately or anything like that. I just... My hair's a bit crazy and my face is very red and sticky. I think sticky. you just you just relax. But it's funny how getting stuff done, mm. I think, is more rewarding than, you know. You can you can feel 
good about the way you look mm. on a particular day or you feel you just feel good but if you aren't productive or you don't do what you set out to do yeah. you just feel you feel like crap don't you after it's that when you say that because i feel like it's step one is getting yourself up and ready without doubt is step one to being productive mm. if you don't do that say goodbye to your productive day if you stay in your pajamas all day I can't do that. Mm. I can't be productive like that. I have to, because if I'm doing something at home, working from home, I have to get up as in a if a way that I'm going to work. Yeah. And then I set a time to sort of be doing the thing that I want to be doing. And, you know, because sometimes some of my classes don't start till the afternoon. So I can't just lounge around all morning. I have to use that time wisely. And I have to get up as if I was going to work normally. They're still business hours, aren't they, yeah. effectively? But it's took me a while to get... I have to be honest, it took me a while to get like that. It's Do not you know easy. What I mean? It's definitely oh, We were talking easy. about that this morning, weren't we? Yeah, it's, it's really hard to use... You know, you are your own incentive for that kind of thing. Mm. You have to drive yourself to... Even if you haven't got a strict uh, routine with a particular job at a certain time, when it's your own time and you've got your own businessy stuff that's going on, you've got to just get up and go as if you're heading for a company yeah. or, you know, a preset schedule. I mean, so we were talking about, like, last year, you always struggled to get up, not in a way that, like, you don't want to or anything. You you were just so tired. Oh, yeah. Like, even when you open your eyes, you're, like, tired. You're just tired. Yeah. Whereas... Once I'm awake, I'm awake. And that's just something, I don't know, that's in our, I don't know, body, mm. I guess. That's, how can you change that? But you've sort of got a way around it that you told me today, didn't you, about the way you've set your alarms? Yeah, strangely, I don't, I don't know why, but I always used to aim to be up really early because I feel great usually. Once I've got past the little bit of tiredness initially, as everyone does, I could set my alarm for five, six, half past four in the morning, whatever it was, and it just wouldn't work. Yeah. The alarm would go off and my hand would go straight out, knock it off, and I'd just pretend like it wasn't happening and then wake up much later and feel dreadful for it. But now I set my alarm for just before six and the the town alarm, which is for farmers, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's a town bell that Time rings. Bell. It rings at six a.m., twelve, lunchtime, and five p.m. Yeah, so it plays a nice jingly jangly tune. Yeah. So I set we, my alarm at used to hate. that time. Yeah, it was kind of weird to get used to that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like. <laughs> and if anyone stayed here that came to visit from the UK, we'd <laughs> we'd have to warn them about that. <laughs> what the hell is that? Like, there's a bell at 6am, especially like in the winter when you just don't want to move and it's yeah. darker, you know, it's just like, why is that going off? You can it's a see nice your own bell, breath and it's just like icy vengeance waiting for you outside the duvet. <laughs> I'd say it's about, was it 30 seconds or a minute long, the bell? It's 30 seconds, about that. So I now set my alarm at the exact same time. So what happens is for some reason there's a slightly slow my alarm goes off i reach over to grab it and then before i even get chance to withdraw back into the bed then the town alarm goes off and i'm mm. like right okay time to get up still a bit bleary eyed can't really see properly then five minutes later my alarm goes off again and i'm yeah. like okay i'm with it now i'm up i'm ready to go start mm. doing some work have breakfast whatever whatever it might be yeah and it works great now so do you think that that's because there's a ta the, the town alarm you can't turn off? It could be, but what was happening before was I was sleeping right through it. I didn't even hear it before. So I've set my alarm so I'm slightly awake. Yeah. Then I hear the town alarm, which yeah. I never did before. Yeah. So I think that's, that's what it is, really. Because it's quite a long tune as well, and obviously mm. you can't turn it off. So that's very you true. have to listen have to, to it. have to listen to through to it, yeah. So maybe that... That could be a technique that someone could do if they struggled to get up. Yeah, like maybe. Like have an alarm next to them that they can turn off. Yeah. But then have one somewhere else 
that they can't turn off, but it only lasts for a minute, so you know it is going to turn off. Yeah. But you sort of have to listen and wait for it to turn off. You can do with an alarm. You can set that you can leave outside your bedroom. But you have to be disciplined in doing that. Of course, Because yeah. if, if you go, I'm not going to put that little alarm there yeah. because I know that I don't want to wake up. You have to be disciplined the night before, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, you failed before you started otherwise, wouldn't you, really? There is an yeah. amount. But I don't know whether age has changed that too. Like as I've, as I've oh. got just a smidgen older, I think that has encouraged me to, everything feels more urgent too. Yeah. I'm like, I haven't got time to waste. I need to get yeah. up and do what I've got to do because so no true. one else is going to do it for me. So true, yeah. So, but you know, as you're, as you're a bit younger, yeah. you're like, hey, I can do that tomorrow. I can mm. scratch my backside, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to ask you if you feel the same way. Go on. This winter. Yeah, that will be a test. it's so hot at the moment that you don't want to stay in bed. You literally don't care. You're like, oh, I'm sweating, I'll get out of bed. Mm. It's horrible, actually, to stay in bed longer than you need to. Yeah. Because it just feels so gross and hot. But in the winter, you do not shoot out of bed. We have to warm the room for at least, like, 30 minutes. You see, I thought that. I thought the same thing. But the past couple of mornings, I've been a little... A wee bit chilly mm. in the morning. Jack, no. You cannot tell me. I'm not trying to compare them. I'm just saying I wasn't sweating my head off. We sleep in the winter with fluffy pyjamas on, fluffy socks. Long johns underneath. Long johns underneath. A dressing gown with the hoods up and a fleecy heated blanket. Not a heated blanket, but like heat tech. Insulated. Yeah, insulated blanket. Sometimes a scarf. Sometimes a scarf, sometimes a hat. Mm-hmm. It's that cold in our house because there's no heat in and we have to use kerosene heaters to warm the rooms, but you can't sleep with those on. They're very dangerous. Yep. So when you wake up, your nose, I can't feel my nose the majority of the time. It's probably because I haven't got frostbite. So 6am, you're telling me, 6am this morning, you were a little chilly. I was. <laughs> comparing it to that. <laughs> Comparing it to that. Yeah, I'll take it back. Well, let's see what happens in the winter. I mean, it gets so cold Describe here. Describe my face. The look of disapproval. <laughs> it gets so cold here. I mean, the one year, I think Jodie had left a towel in the bathroom, a wet towel, mm. overnight, and it froze. It froze right I could have solid. smashed it into pieces. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like a joke, but it's honestly not. It is that bloody cold. And because there's no, obviously there's no underfloor heating, there's no radiators or anything, we just heat the house with kerosene, kerosene heaters. That's it. That's all we've got. Yeah. And warm blankets. Yeah. And then hope for the best. Oh, and the the table. Oh, yeah, they have... Magic I remember when we table. first came here, we thought it was kind of ridiculous in a way, but the idea of a heated table. But yeah. there's an element which is underneath a table and then you put a blanket which is sandwiched between the table itself and then the legs. And you put your legs underneath that and that heats your legs underneath. Yeah. And it yeah. keeps you really, really warm. Oh, it's perfect. It's called a kotatsu. You could very, very well just fall asleep under there, which is... We have done, haven't we? Yeah, we've, we have before. The downside is you don't want to get out, which yeah. you're in. Yeah. So. And you can tr- control it too, so you can just set it at the perfect temperature. Yeah. Absolutely. But one of the massive advantages of having such a cold winter is you get so much snow. Yeah. It feels so strange talking about winter on what feels like the hottest day. Of the year so far. I think it's good to remind yourself because it's easy to forget. Like when you're in winter, yeah. you totally forget that it gets this hot. Yeah. Like I was um, I was working in another room today of our house and there was no air con in that room. Hmm. And I kept having to come out because I just needed a break yeah. from like the blazing sun. <laughs> like it's just crazy. It really is. I've never experienced heat like it. Nor me. But it's the humidity that's the the killer, I think. Mm. Because you feel constantly like you're dripping in sweat. I wouldn't mind if I looked better for it. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sound vain. 
but you just look awful because it's just yeah my hair goes all fluffy well, you can't nothing I can do about it. My face difficult. looks sweaty, even though I don't, even if I don't feel sweaty, like I come out of the classroom and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, like, my face is like shiny. And then you see the Japanese and they're just, they, they look, look fine. totally ineffective. By it. Yeah. I know they, they're more used to the climate. Even after what we're going to, we're in our third year now, even after all that time, it still feels it's so alien. Can I just point out that was my iPad that made that noise? And I can bet you that if anyone's listening and they've got an iPad, they probably just looked <laughs> looked at their iPad because that happens to me <laughs> so much. Me. If I'm watching YouTube or something yeah. and someone's phone goes off on the video, yeah. I always look at my phone. I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not the, mine. It's the video again. <laughs> Apologies for the iPad. Sound. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the weather. I just said I didn't want to talk about it, and, the, and now I'm annoyed. I <laughs> know. Oh, it's fine. I'm not annoyed. It's just, why do we have to be so stereotypical, Jack? Like, what? If you say, oh, what do British talk, people talk about? The weather. And then that's all we've been talking about. For the there last we were, talking about going against the grain. And we're going totally with the grain. So. We are the grain. <laughs> you are a grain. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Shut up, iPad. If you could see our setup right now, you would giggle. You would have a laugh. Jack looks like he's giving birth to a poof. I'm giving birth to uh, this podcast. They don't, they don't call that a, a poof in America, I don't think. No. It's not a... What's a poof, I hear you say? <laughs> what, what on earth is a poof? A, a poof? A poof. A poof is a small chair seated. It's not a chair. It's a stool with uh, padding on it. And usually you put books or magazines in there. No, not always. That's why I know a poof has. A poof is also like what you put your feet on. You know, if you're sitting on the chair, it goes, oh, I slide that poof under my legs. Yeah, but you usually have something in the poof too. I'm going to Google poof because I don't believe. Where did it come from? I think it's a French word, poufet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It has to be French. It means to lounge obnoxiously. Is that your guess? Well... <laughs> poof used to describe sudden disappearances <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's not it's not a lie used to express contemptuous dismissal oh poof said will who on earth says poof I've to dismiss heard. something I, I i don't think i've spelt it how we would refer to a poof yeah it is french p-o-u-f p-o a poof yeah what is the purpose of a poof? Poofs, <laughs> poofs are versatile pieces of furniture that can tie your room together effortlessly. Poofs are unique in that they are solid yet soft, and therefore they can be used in a variety of different ways. Poofs can function as a chair, a footrest, an additional tabletop, and more depending on where they are located. Right now, the poof is located between Jack's legs and is being used as a table. Could it be any more French? What? Table. Table. Le poof. Le poof. We are a fan of poofs, aren't we, in the UK? We are a fan of poofs. Every family's got a poof. Yeah. My poof, I used to love riding it. (laughs) 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 Like, it was a big square poof like this. Yeah. And I used to just grab it with all fours, Mm. like an animal. And I used to rock it back and forward uh, because it had like dome-shaped feet. Oh, you had a fancy poof. It was a fancy poof. It was velvet. <laughs> it was like a red velvet. Oh. Like a reddy pink. Fancy. It was a bit garish. Yeah. A garish poof. <laughs> <laughs> it was a garish poof. <laughs> but it was nice. I, I liked it a lot. We had, I say had, we have... Like a green poof? You still have the same poof? Still got the same poof. Do you know what? Have we got the same poof? Probably. Oh, we got we got an oblong poof now. Once a poof is part of your family, God help you trying to get rid of it because you'll be attached to it for the rest of your life. Where'd you put your feet, though? Well, and also, what about that random stranger or the the passing wanderer who goes into your house occasionally? 
where the hell would they sit if not on the poof? Exactly. When there's just one, there's just one too many people in your house. You it, need the poof. It's the outcast chair. Can I just make a point that you bought that poof when I wasn't even here yet? So the first week that you were in Japan, yep. you bought a poof. I did. Make it feel like home. <laughs> make it feel like home. Make it feel comfortable. And then, if any passing person comes by, wants to take a pew, take a poof. Have a poof. Yeah, I mean, poof. we don't have that many choices of chairs. We have one broken chair in the corner. And we have our very nice sofa. We do. And a poof. It's so small and cute. It's, it's enough for us. It's enough for us. Yeah. Anyway, enough talk about poofs. They don't have poofs in Japan. They sit on know? the floor. Oh, that's, I've never seen a poof, actually, in Japan. What's a chaise long? A chaise long? What's a chaise long? That goes at the end of the bag, doesn't it? What does it do? It's just where you sit at the end of your bed. So you're oh, not actually sitting on your bed. You use it to put your, take your shoes off and your socks and all yeah. that kind of stuff, don't you? Or put them back on, whatever. And your uh, undergarments. <laughs> your undergarments, your pantaloons. Your pantaloon. And your tunic for the day. Honestly, what year are we from? Oh, honestly. Get with the times. So. So. You do your thing and I'll tell you my singular question that I have. Okay, we'll leave that to the end then. The mystery question. Okay, the mystery question. I just wanted to talk about something that I read yesterday that I thought was quite interesting. Okay. So in Osaka, which is a very big city in the south of Japan, if you look at it on a map, it's just to the a bit to the left of Tokyo. It's about two hours distance, I suppose, on the train or something. No. Did you hear my throat? What on earth was that? <laughs> that was my throat. I was like... <laughs> I didn't even open my mouth. Oh, there was another one. <laughs> I think it might be three hours on the boat train. Okay. A few hours to the west is Osaka. It's a great city. It's really good. They've it's got good fantastic. food. And the people there are really nice too. People it's, are great. It's like big city vibe, but also I think people are a little more chilled out. Yeah, they're kind of... Um, they're, I think they joke around a little more. Mm. And they're a bit more outspoken too. They've got a very particular dialect as well, which I think... We would hear more now if we were to go back. Yeah. Having lived in the countryside for a while. Mm-hmm. Anyway, regardless, Osaka was in the news yesterday. Yeah. Because they came across an historical burial site. Okay. They found more than 1,500 bodies. What? Can you believe it? Are you joking? No. Why? Well... They believe that it was a... They know that in the area there were about seven graveyard sites that years gone by, especially during uh, Obon week, which is like the Japanese festival of the dead, they would do like a little tour thing to pray to their ancestors. Okay. And this was one of the sites that they'd uncovered, very close to Osaka Station. Right. Yes. So it's just a grave... Well, not just, but it's a grave site it's a burial site and the reason that there's so many people there is because there was what they think a an epidemic of syphilis oh dear they also think that it was mainly young people who were buried there there's signs that they were cremated there are there's evidence on their bodies that they had like lesions and stuff so there's some kind of disease thing that's happened they were cremated and buried in a very methodical, they were like laid on top of each other. Very weird to see the, the skeletons all squashed up. How can know, they like, have skeletons if they were cremated? Well, they found loads of urns too. I think the urns were the, maybe the things oh. that were, were the remains, uh, the ashes of the cremation. And, and how old were the bodies? Could they identify? They were from the 19th century. I think they said about the 1890s or 1880s or something around that time. They knew that the graveyards were there. The reason that they were doing it was because they were doing some addition to either the train station or another building in the area. And so they needed to clear the area and they come across 1,500 plus bodies. No one will want to go in that place because it's haunted. You know, like you always hear like, oh, it's built on ancient burial ground. Yeah, that's so true. This actually is. Yeah. Especially within Japanese culture as well, the spirits of ancestors is such a, mm. it's a big thing, you know. 
I struggle to believe that I didn't know about that or it wasn't documented somewhere because Japanese history is documented so well. Well, you say that, but also during wartime, yeah, so much of their history and documents and stuff were decimated. Mm. Yeah, they lost a lot of stuff. So maybe, oh, that's true, yeah. maybe during that time, they also lost records of. I forgot of that about too. that. I reckon they had an inkling of where the places were, and they were they just came across it during, you know, building. Oh, I have an inkling. <laughs> I have a feeling there are fifteen hundred bodies here. Do you have a photograph? One second. I can't imagine what that would look like. This is this is freaky. It is weird. Like so, they were stacked on top of each other. So there were so many. There were so many casualties of of this epidemic that they probably had to do it really fast. They just curled up in a ball. Yeah. So they've just basically just dug a hole and then... Squashed them into a small space. That's so sad. It's always to not take up room in it, I guess. And then there's loads of urns as well. So they found 350 urns, prayer beads, headdresses... beads, Combs, sake cups and clay dolls. Oh, I've seen those dolls before um, in front of shrines. Mm. Yeah. They and also same found... with the sake cups. I think they use them as offerings. Yeah. To, to... the ancestors. Yeah. They also found oh the remains of piglets, a couple of horses, and cats too. But the cats were apparently in containers. The remains were. Oh. Why, why they were in containers, I don't know. They were probably pets, weren't they? Maybe, maybe there was something, some kind of spiritual aspect to that too. Maybe after, after that happened, maybe there was something on top of it, like a farm or something. So they just buried their like pet cats there. Well, at the time when it happened, it was a farming area. That specific site was a farming area and uh, they had a cemetery that was there too. So to be honest, the cemeteries are completely random. They're so different to what we know as a cemetery. Yeah. Always, the headstones are always this dark, black, like onyx-type marble. I wouldn't say they were black. I'd say they were grey. No, you're right. It is. They tend to be grey. There's a couple of very dark marble ones, almost virgin on black, but the majority are just grey slabs. Mm. And they they seem to be placed very randomly like next to a field or and there'll be about 15 graves just next to a field or yeah. next to a shrine. It's feel very random, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not like like if they're next to a shrine, the shrine is usually just one little one little building. Mm. A little wooden hut, very small, and then they have the Tory gate. Yeah. And and then the grave site is nearby not like right next to it usually just nearby but there's no there's no place to go in anywhere like we have a church that you go in and pray and and then you would go outside but they don't have that it's usually always always outside outside, yeah yeah which i think is quite nice but i think they have more of a connection with nature Mm. generally within the Japanese culture and yeah, than we do, I and they're say. very close together too. Mm. The graves usually are very close together. Yeah, they are. And the column comes really high out of the ground. Yeah, yeah, totally different to what we're used to. Yeah, but I I don't know why they're just not as scary to me. They look quite. They're much more peaceful. Yeah. areas I would say we always have this very sinister thing, and it probably comes from old stories and yeah. You know, the idea of the graveyard. Mm. Totally different to here. Maybe. They do believe in spirits and things here very quite. Oh, yeah, massively. But I just, I think even the idea of of passing away, it's it's just totally different. Yeah, that's right. That's true. You you look at, let's say, Mexico. They they love it. They don't love passing away. No. (laughs) They love celebrating their ancestors. I would definitely like to incorporate that into, like, when we have a family, mm. have a day that's for us, that we look at our ancestors and make it be the same day every year. Because you, you celebrate their lives, don't you? You look yeah. at all the happy things and the good things that they... But if you have, like, 
gave. A specific day that you do that, mm. it, it makes it more of a thing, you know what I mean? I think so. Like this past week being Obon week meant that that everyone, all the family got together and they all went to the graves of their ancestors and yeah. it's just a nice day to remember them and, you know, you'll never forget. When I When I was a child, I had my my parents they put up this big wall of photographs yeah and there was many of my ancestors on that wall and i absolutely loved it i loved looking at it all the time i was always looking at my relatives and i knew what they looked like but as i got a bit older we we took that wall out and had like a an extension and so we didn't have like a big wall space like that anymore but I would love 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 to do that and actually at at our wedding we did that too we had a wall of photographs some of our memories but if anyone actually went and looked over at the photographs they would see people that had recently passed away or would have wanted to be at our wedding that had unfortunately passed away and obviously couldn't be with us if they'd gone over to that wall they would have seen those people and so many people that said that there was such a nice touch you know they they were saying like oh look your granddad's here and um but then they it was mixed in with like our memories too of us meeting and our adventures that we'd been on too so it was like it was like a really nice thing and I don't really know what made me do that maybe that picture wall from my childhood was in the back of my mind I don't know yeah probably but I just didn't feel right not having those people there in some way and um definitely relatives that you know went over and and knew them and loved them really appreciated it you know they said to us how nice it was and like every time I looked at that wall there were people looking at the photos it is in quite a popular yeah. aspect of it isn't it and I tried to include also people that came to the wedding like mm. our memories together yeah because you always get that at weddings don't you and people are like oh how do you know the bride and groom and you know but if you have this photo like, oh well here this is we met here or this place that we went to or like you know and um it's a good icebreaker yeah. for parts of the family that maybe you haven't met before mm. sorry to go back to the wedding by the way but right opposite that, we also had like a little Polaroid camera and a photo book where people could stick their photos and write their memories or just whatever they wanted to write, really. And that was a great icebreaker and I definitely recommend that for any wedding because hmm. people could just do what they wanted, stick and cut and paste, you know, <laughs> take a picture and stick it in a book and... Yeah, it was funny. It was fun to look back on as well, to see oh, what people amazing. had done while we weren't around. Around, yeah, the next morning. <laughs> and there was, like, drawings in there and, like, really... Some people had used the camera because there was photographers at our wedding that were just friends of ours. And they'd used the camera. They took the Polaroid and took pictures of us yeah. and put them in there and, like, took it upon themselves to do their own little project. I just... I, lo- I absolutely loved it. That was nice. It was very... Uh, it was rewarding. Yeah. Which was good. Sorry, I went on a tangent there, but I felt like... That's all right. So what's this... I'm intrigued. What's this question? Do you want to know my burning question? Go for it. Mystery bonus question. (laughs) Mystery bonus question is... Don't get too excited, guys. What food do you eat now that you would never eat as a child? That is my burning question. Can you believe it? I made you wait 40 minutes for that. It just... It just... It just came to me earlier on because mm. I was eating... Oh, God, there's something touching my leg. Ooh. Please don't be a spider. It's my toe. Earlier on, I was eating salmon and egg with a salad and it was a very strong-flavoured meal. And I was thinking, would I have eaten this when I was a kid? I don't think I would have. Mm. And then it made me think of that because you especially, I can imagine. Oh, my gosh. My eating habits changed so much as a result of coming to Japan. So when I was a kid, I wouldn't eat. The worst thing for me was the fat on meat. Mm. 
even the smallest amount was yeah. enough to make me just want to gag. It was awful. T- the texture, the look, even you know how fat does have a smell when it's cooking. Yeah. All of it, the the whole combo, the whole shebang, the whole shebang was dreadful. Nowadays, you can forget worrying about fat on your meat because you're probably going to get it. And if you don't, you're going to starve. So that's a big one for me. Yeah, so this this beef that they have in Japan, this Wagyu beef, is that how you say it? That's one of them. It's basically filled with veiny veins, fatty veins. They call it marbled. Marbled, yeah. Meat, don't they? So I've never, I haven't tried it yet. Oh, it's half set. Excuse me? This oh. is the nightly announcement. Have a listen. <laughs> Feel free to listen. So they usually use those announcements to tell you about bear sightings or... But as as of late, it's been to do with um, rising numbers of a particular virus. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about that. Of course not. Because we want to be positively positive. Positive as much, peeps. As much as possible. Yeah. Sometimes they announce like um, events that are coming up and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, whenever they say Kuma, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> There's another bear. <laughs> another bear. Had about eight bear sightings, probably a bit more than that. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying food. Yeah, so fat on meat, that's mm-hmm. a big one. I also had an experience when I was younger where I ate some, I used to love peppers, like green peppers, red peppers. Chili peppers? Etc. Red hot chili peppers, sorry. Grandma joke. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had. I caught an unfortunate pepper and it made me kind of sick. What does that mean? I ate a dodgy pepper. How can you eat a dodgy pepper? What was dodgy about it? I don't know. It just made me... I was very ill. It may not have been the pepper, but I I was full of peppers at the time. I'd literally eaten a bowl of peppers and then that Maybe night... Maybe you just I ate just, too many peppers. I just hurled them all over the place. Did you? And it gave me a real dislike of them. I don't hate the taste, the smell. You know, because they've got... They've got such a specific taste mm. that I couldn't eat them anymore and for god 10 plus years more, more than that wow. I, I wouldn't eat peppers wow now eat them all bloody time you do yeah I do like them though they're great but I don't think I ever ate a pepper as a kid no no I can't think of anything in particular that I oh I'll tell you another one didn't like what big one for me only a recent addition to my diet can you guess? Uh, it's red. It's round. It's a fruit. It's not an apple. A nectarine? A tomato. Oh. I wouldn't say that that's become part of your... I would. Would you? Yeah. Recent meals. I've had if tomatoes I give you a raw tomato... With a bit of salt on. It's all right. Really? Well, about a month ago, I gave you a tomato and you pulled a face. It's only because I fried them up and put them in with a stir fry that you didn't notice them. But years years ago, I wouldn't have even had that. In a stir fry? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm. I would have had it pulverised in a sauce or something where you wouldn't know it was even there, but as yeah. a, a solid thing, no. Yeah. So that's a big change for me. Wow. What about you? We had a few allergies in our household, so... We ate quite plain food and we just avoided things that had like nuts in, you know, and a lot of things had like nut oil. Or, so I think my my mother always played on the side of caution when it came to cooking. And I really don't... The only thing I didn't... Like I really couldn't stand was the smell of mince meat cooking. Oh, that was a very... And I, I really hated spaghetti bolognese, but here we eat it all the time. Yeah. There is something about the... The meatiness of mm. some cuts of meat, particularly pork. You know when pork is really porky? Yeah. Ugh. I think I could easily stop eating meat. Not easily. It's not easy here at all to be... Well, you can be 
obviously. But I think if you've already established the diet, like being a vegetarian or a vegan, it would be easier to... I'd never be a vegan in Japan. It would be impossible. I don't oh. think it's impossible because there are people that are vegans in Japan. In the countryside, it's pretty hard. Yeah, I think it would be difficult to... Like if we went from that, like now and started being vegan, that'd be difficult for us because we don't know what to cook and where to get our nutrition from. We'd have to learn about it first. Well, and, and, then, and we like meat too. Yeah. So that would be... Well, I like chicken and fish. Yeah. But I don't... I'm not, I could easily get go without the rest. I think there's a very narrow choice of meats that I, I like to eat. Mm. Oh, I'll tell you something. You reminded me. Hmm. When I was 12 years old, I had appendicitis. And if you've ever had appendicitis or rumbling appendix, then you will know that it makes you projectile vomit. Mm. Or it did for me anyway. But on that day, I'd eaten a whole packet of palmer violets, which, if you don't know, they are a very um, perfume-flavoured sweet. And I, I used to love them. They were like one, one of my favourite sweets. And <laughs> the day this happened, I was in the bathroom. I was like, oh, well, I don't feel too well. My mum was behind me. And I was like, oh, mum, I'm going to be... And as I said sick, I turned my head and I projectile vomited <laughs> the lilac-coloured palmer <laughs> violet sweet all over the the bathroom like <laughs> blinds God. all over the mirrors i don't know how i missed my mom and she thought it was hilarious because it was <laughs> and the whole room just smelled of palm violets and then from then like a few days later my appendix actually burst and it was awful like i was very very like it was very serious i could have easily died um, and it was like a very traumatic thing that happened to me. So <laughs> after that, I just couldn't eat palmer violets yeah, because it, it was the start of this whole thing. So whenever I smelt it, it just triggered those like pains and feelings and all that horrible stuff that happened. It just triggered all that. But now I can eat them. Someone bought them here for us, didn't they? They bought them back from the UK. Yeah. And... Um, and I, I ate them then, and, like, yeah, they're lovely. <laughs> it's been, what, over 10 years now, so... Well, those things that put you off the food in the first place, that, that's that's what you get reminded of constantly, isn't it? You yeah. smell it, or you see it, or even something that's close to it. Yeah. And your brain is like, nope, you ain't eating that. You know what's hilarious, actually? I When I was studying for my GCSEs, mm. I, read, I read this thing that if you smell things, it will help you remember something so if you're studying are you trying try and relate it to a smell or if you want to remember something relate it to a smell so that so say you you need to remember to like call somebody in the morning or text someone or whatever relate it to the smell of coffee if you know you're gonna make a coffee so smell a cup of coffee and then remember okay, I need to call that person 7am. And then, like, it, it will work. You'll you'll wake up, you'll smell a coffee, and you'll be like, oh, there's something I need to remember. And it will trigger your memory. It's so weird that it does it. But when I did my GCSEs, I, I remember I was eating, like, uh, like, a stew with gravy, and I was like, I'm going to try it. So I smelt this bowl of gravy. And <laughs> what happened was, it didn't trigger, like, the memory of what I was studying. But when I was in my test, I just kept thinking about the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> all that revision you've done and all you could think about was gravy, brown, thick, lumpy, I vegetables. just I was just thinking about how I'd done that and how it didn't work. Because obviously <laughs> if I'm in the test hall, I'm not going to smell gravy. So nothing's going to come back to me, but <laughs> I was like, uh, well, I remember it was something about the pancreas. That's what I was studying. So I guess it kind of worked because even now, like, like how many years later, like 12 years later, I still remember 
gravy and pancreas. That's what I was studying at the time. <laughs> what a combo. I know. What a gross combo. It's so funny. Regardless, it, it though, I think work. that's, a, that's a, a sound piece of advice, I think. Yeah. If you really, really need to remember something that bad to do something mm. urgently, attach it to a smell. And a story, too. I heard that before, attaching it to a story. I did. I did that for a few things. Yeah. I don't know why, but the something to do with the blue squirrel carrying a hand grenade comes to mind. There's something that I had to remember to do. I'll tell for you some what it reason. was. Oh, you know. What yeah, was it? I know what it was. Go on. The other day, what, about a month ago, <laughs> I asked Jack to go to the shop to get me. Do you remember what it was? This is where my idea completely falls flat. Hang on. So there was a story. I'll give you the, the first. Oh. Okay. It was something to do with hornets. I had to go and get spray yeah. for the hornets. And then, was it the hornet had a bed that was made of sponge because I needed to get sponges? Yeah. There was one more part and that's escaping me. I can't remember it either, to be honest. But let's. that was a... That was pretty good. That wasn't bad. That was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And still that's in my mind. So, yeah, because I think there was four things that he needed to remember. Yeah, there was. So I told Jack this story about the hornets need to do their washing up, so they need a sponge and washing up liquid something or something like, like that. That. <laughs> that was it. Either way, it works. Create a story or attach it to a smell and your memory will sit there for ages. Yeah, you'll remember that little story forever. It makes me wonder how long it would actually stay there for. Yeah, because I, I try to remember a story about a bunny, but the one that you say about the... Was it a blue squirrel? It was a blue squirrel. Yeah, I remember that carrying too. Carrying a hand grenade. I remember. I think you told it me, and that was the example you told me. It was. I'm, I can't think what I used it for. It was, it was a long time ago. I'm I Like know. years and years <laughs> ago now. But I remember... Yeah, so it works. Give it a try. Let us know your stories too. Yeah. We should probably say that if you've enjoyed this episode, then you can find us on Spotify and Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places that you would go for your to listen to your regular podcasts. Yeah. Just search for Our Weird Life Podcast and you'll find us. Yep, and we have uploaded our podcasts to YouTube. That's right. As well, so we don't have a video though, because God, I don't think you want to see us right now. <laughs> no, it is just audio using the image as a backdrop, but you know, maybe YouTube's your thing and you can listen to it there too. Yeah. So please, yeah, subscribe to our channels, give us a like, follow us. Yeah, if you can. That'd if be you can, great. be greatly appreciated. But um, thanks for listening again. Yeah, we very much appreciate it. We do indeed. We'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye-bye.